Welcome to Virtual Theater, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by the big dog, Gooey Fame. Goo, what's going on? How are you? Wow. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, how are you? I am also doing great. I'm in good. a, I'm in a good mood. It's Friday. Got a coffee. Yes. Hanging with my bud. Uh, yeah, things are things are good. Things are good. This is the perfect way to spend a Friday night. Yes. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was good. And actually, I I just finished watching our uh, movie topic that we're going to talk about today. Wow. Uh, maybe <laughs> I, I watched it like cup. I don't know. I got home a couple hours ago, so I popped it in and. I was on the couch with my dog, and he was watching it with me, and we were checking out. Uh, we were checking out Angelina and Mr. Butler, and we were like, "All right, rock on!" No, <laughs> <laughs> that's cozy. I like that. Oh, it was nice. It was. Uh, it was good. But uh, yeah, mm. there's uh, there's tons and tons and tons of reason to be happy listening to virtual theater, and one of those is, of course, our series on Captain N, which is available over on Patreon.com forward slash Virtual Theater. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to be recording some new ones here pretty quick. So, you know, if you are, if you are curious about what the heck Captain N is, you got to check those episodes out because they, in some ways they make the Zelda cartoon look tame. And in other ways, they also make it look spectacular. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's been a different thing navigating them. I think too, like, it's just been so different, uh, because we, I think you always get something out of the Zelda cartoon, uh, even the bad episodes, if you're like a Zelda fan. Yeah. Because you just have so much more of a connection to it, and you're like, what is this, you know? Um, so it's been a different thing, kind of branching out into the Captain N universe. Uh, you know, and the thing about Captain N that I have found so far is it, like, defies my expectations, but, like, not really in a good way. Because, like... When when you did episode yeah. one, that's like your intro episode, right? And then you do episode two, which is um, uh, the swamp episode, and and you're thinking to yourself like, <laughs> all right, so the, the gimmick of this show is that every week or every episode we're gonna go to a new video game world and like kind of do our thing in that world while while thwarting Mother Brain, and that could be a fairly successful formula, but like, I feel like it doesn't really follow that easy formula to the the way that it should you know no it it clearly i'm starting to think that they like didn't secure rights for or like they didn't want to pay for some of the video games so and like so the ones they did pay for they're gonna feature all the time like castlevania and kid Icarus or whatever yeah maybe uh that <laughs> and they also licensed yeah. one song that they just want to use over and over <laughs> uh. no they didn't well they did at the time and then they were like we can't re- release this anymore, so let's write a knockoff version of it. We don't have to pay for. <laughs> yeah, you, if you're not uh, if you're not with us on our Captain N journey, you got to check that out. Um, we, uh, you know what, we should oh, we yeah. should probably also mention too that uh, we are we're like a week or two weeks away from the Uncharted movie coming out. What is your, right. your interest level in the uh, the Uncharted <laughs> movie? It's at rock bottom. <laughs> like, I could not care less. Uh, it doesn't seem like a real movie that exists. Um, and yeah, every every new poster, there was just one released today. Did you see that? There was two. Uh, with One with Tom Holland, one with Mark Wahlberg. 
I posted the Mark Wahlberg one in our virtual oh. talk chat because I, it's so fucking funny to me. Like, I I thought that that was like one of those awful fan made posters. Like that's what I'm saying. Like we all we follow the account awful fan made like poster like movie posters and like. I was looking at this and I was like, "Yeah, they just slapped Mark Wahlberg's head on like the video game character." But this is an official post. Yeah, I guess it is. Wow. I think, I think it gets <laughs> to back to the fact we kind of harp on this a lot, but I feel like the movie will probably be like watchable. Um, and it will like I think that's the thing now is like most movies that come out now are just like all right, you know, they're fine. They're <laughs> they're not offensive, but they. I don't know. They like kind of suck in that there's no there's no like risks or anything right. interesting happening. And I think that's infecting the the video game movie phenomenon. And I think what is what effect though is happening for a wider audience cuz I think a lot of people are we talk about this in some of our recent bonus episodes though about like not being embarrassed to like something. I th- I think these ones that are like a more smoothed out you know, kind of like um, flawless uh, sort of creations that like a lot of people are starting to be like, oh, video game movies are good now. And it's like mostly because they're I think they're starting to become indistinguishable from all the other generic yes. movies that are made now. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I mean, there is, you know, with with more video game movies being made, um, there is more good ones. But that also means that there is going to be more like Uncharted's where it just, it looks like, you know, it's like, um, it's like a flow rider song or a Nickelback song. And I like Nickelback. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like Nickelback. They go down easy. Yeah. They go down easy. There's a certain structure and a certain formula. And some of them are, you know, you know, you got your, how you remind me and, and whatever. And that's a banger. And you can sing along to that. But then when the next song sounds the same and the next song sounds the same, it's diminishing returns, and I and I feel like we're at that point with Uncharted and yeah. video game movies just in general. Um, I, I have to share what our dear friend Adriel said about Tom Holland, because I have never heard a more accurate thing <laughs> in my life. Quote, got in trouble with my friends tonight for calling Tom Holland a sexless little creep. Dude, this guy, I don't know, yeah. maybe you said it, or I saw somebody say this on Twitter, and I was just like, holy shit, this is true. Like somebody said, like they must Marvel or Disney must have grown Tom Holland in a laboratory because like <laughs> he does, he does feel like yeah. he was created by a movie studio. Okay, we like need he, a charming, young, handsome actor that's gonna you know be in our blockbusters. Let's let's create Tom Holland. That's the dude. Well, it's just he's been molded by them basically because he he was well. That's the thing too is I see there was like some like meme going around not a meme but like an inspir- inspirational meme where it was like uh tom holland at age six zero dollars and was was like you know living paycheck to paycheck tom holland age whatever age now like and they list his accomplishments and it's like have a you have to have a positive attitude and you can be like tom holland but it's like tom holland was in movies when he was a child they even used like a picture of him looking all like dirty and sad and it's like that's a still from a movie he was in <laughs> as a young boy like he has always i don't know that's that's just another thing but i don't know he feels like yeah someone who's just created to be uh a disney movie star yep well that's 
that's coming out soon, and it is probably our obligation to watch that movie and and talk about that movie on an episode here in the future at some point. But uh, we got to do that. We got to do that Resident Evil movie, uh, which I can already tell you was not good. Um, I was gonna say earlier when you're giving your speech, like. Oh yeah, we when I'm doing my like old person rant, I was gonna say, well, we don't get them like the Paul movies anymore, but it, act, actually we still get Paul movies. So at least we have one uh, schlocky video game movie auteur holding out on us. You know, we will always have Paul. I don't know what he's gonna do next, but um, my if they announced his next movie, my excitement level would go through the roof. I mean, he's got to be doing like a, a Monster Hunter follow up, right? Like, you can't you can't know, end that movie like that? They teased it for that. Yeah, that was kind of a sketchy ending. <laughs> it, it wasn't even a tease. They're just like, all right, part one is over. Maybe we'll be back for part two. But uh, yeah, what do you think? Do you think they'll say if I look right now if if he has anything? Uh, okay, he has some movie. I know. Announced. I know for damn sure. Any movie he has announced is starring Mila Jovovich. Uh, you... No, it. Well, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, oh, actually, this might have been announced already. But get this. I want to get your reaction to this. He is currently writing the screenplay and directing in the Lost Lands. A sorceress travels to the Lost Lands in search of magical powers. That allows a person to transform into a werewolf, based on a story by George R. R. Martin, starring <laughs> Mila Jovovich Woo! and Dave Bautista. Oh yeah, this is gonna be sick. Oh, that's gonna be tight. It's probably not gonna come out for years, but I love it already. I, I'm I'm down for that. Uh, I am quite down for that. <laughs> uh, you know what? Actually, um. This is like a complete left field, but yeah, I was just thinking of Batista and like, uh, <laughs> there's a character who looks exactly like an animated version of Batista, but I just finished watching Arcane on Netflix, which is also something that we should cover in the future. Pretty good. Oh, that's like a video game. You, you mentioned that it's supposed to be good. Yeah. It's based on like, it's based on like League of it's, Legends. It's based on League of Legends. And my, so my <laughs> wow. buddy, I can't believe that my buddy who lives in Ottawa uh, the best man at my wedding. So this this guy is used to be, I don't think he is anymore, but he used to be like a big League of Legends guy. He actually met his girlfriend playing League of Legends. They pl- they played together. They One lived in Texas, one lived in Calgary, and they are, they've been together wow. like seven years meeting through League of Legends. So he, he met his girlfriend. And so he was just like, dude, you got to watch this show. You got to watch this show. You should do a podcast on it. And I was like, all right. And so I finished it uh, last week, and I've been meaning to call him and ask him like, all right, like, what does this have to do with League of Legends? And, like, who, what, like, what character do you play as in League of Legends? Because I have no idea. Like, there's nothing, and I mean, I don't know anything about League of Legends, but, like, there's nothing to me that seems, like, a tie-in, like, whatsoever. And I'm, there probably is, but, I mean, I don't know. I Yeah, that's, like, a genre that kind of passed me by, like, a lot of genres, but it's, like, because I know that wasn't there also on Netflix like a Dota show. Yeah, like, I think there's a ton of these. Yeah, there is, and which makes sense because anytime I know someone who is into those, it's like they're into those. I think those are those kind of games where like you got to grind away like like 500 hours to even be kind of good. You know, mm-hmm. like you got to play that shit right, every yeah. day. 
but uh it's like yeah it's a super competitive right uh yeah a lot of like uh a lot of spider-verse vibes actually to arcane which is definitely a good thing so yeah well we'll talk about that i guess oh, sometime nice. you will have to do it yeah. yeah um but right now let's talk about tomb raider and yeah. the cradle of life so this is a return to form somewhat for us because we've done a few kind of divergent uh episodes in the past little bit here, of course, we went on a, a little bit of a Matrix spree where we covered the entire series and the, uh, of course, the mm. new Matrix Resurrections. Um, and then we we, we kind of got back into form a little bit with The Witcher. But, you know, this is just like your classic old fashioned video game movie that I feel like we haven't yeah. done in a while. So I, I was pumped. This, this is what we envisioned when we first planned the show, the type of thing we'd be talking about. And uh, yeah, it. It's great to be back to this style of movie. Um, yeah, I had a I had a good time. Uh, one thing that I I think I said this out loud to my dog when I was watching this, and it <laughs> this it sounds like a like a negative, but it's actually not at all. But like I was like this movie, like it really just wants us or it it wants to show us Laura doing cool shit, and like yeah I, yeah yeah I, I was like okay like I kind of just want to watch her do cool shit, so like cool. You know, it very much lined up. Yeah, it's like it's like a less it's not as endearing um, as um, like the Resident Evil movies have been. But uh, it is like it reminds me of them in that it's like a in the way that those are like lower tier, like zombie Matrix movies or something. This is like a under the tier of like a of like a well, I guess what you would imagine like a really good James Bond movie. Yeah. In reality, this is probably as good as like some of the less high tier Bond movies. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's like a pretty fun uh, romp. <laughs> let's say, why not? All right, well, let's get it started here. This was uh, released July 25th, 2003 starring Angelina Jolie. And hey, you know what? So uh, it's Gerald Butler, right? Yes. Okay. All right. I say Gerard Butler. Gerard. Okay. Yes. Let me... I I said Gerald, and Samantha started making fun of me. She's like, is it Gerard? And I was like... Yeah, yeah, it is. Is it? And I was like, I don't think so. And then I was like, maybe it is. (laughs) And then she was like, yeah, it definitely is. And she's like, no, I think it's Gerald. And then both of us were just like, oh, "Oh, God. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, it's it's Gerard. I'm, I'm a big Butler head, so... I know the pronunciation, of course. Um, this was like a few years too before uh, his his big breakout in in three hundred. So he was yeah. he was in peak form here. He was, he was looking uh, pretty ripped. He's he, he's like yeah, because he doesn't look like this at all anymore. But no. in this, he's like he's like hunky. Yeah, he's he's more <laughs> in the way that he's more toned for Daniel in in this movie. I think like I I thought that he was a yeah. uh, more hunky in this movie than Daniel Craig was in the last movie. I actually I think yes, that he was an upgrade over Daniel Craig, which is weird to say. I think most people would like scoff at that, but I I, I like I think I like Gerard Butler more. I well I I don't mean like necessarily actor. You just mean in pure hunkiness. Well, uh, yes, but also like I feel like he was just a little bit better suited for this type of a movie. Like he he's a little bit more rugged. He's a little bit more. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know what maybe what the word I'm looking for, but he he just seemed like a better foil for Angelina Jolie to me than maybe a a Daniel Craig did. Um, 
And I say that even now, knowing that, you know, Daniel Craig would be would be James Bond later, but yeah, he but he has a ruggedness to him. I, th- I think it works a little bit better, even though he is like yeah. fairly hunky in the movie. He's more suited for like you know the popping wheelies on dirt bikes and shit. Yeah. Whereas like Daniel Craig's a bit more like he's more like sleek. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good word. Yeah. Good word. Um. So yeah, this I mean this is really the Angelina and Gerard Butler show here, and, and that's totally fine. Um. But yeah. one thing, get ready for this long ass quote because I I thought that this was pretty fascinating. But so the director okay. of this movie is uh. Jean de Bont. Jean de Bont. Jean de Bont. I'm sorry. So I think that's right. <laughs> Jan has never directed a, another movie uh, after this. I saw that. I know, and I'm really sad about that. Which, like, I don't know. I I feel like the directing was certainly competent in this movie. Um, well, and and he and he has directed some of the sickest movies. Um, for example, Speed. Um, what else? Oh, Twister. Yeah, so uh, directed Twister, and was it maybe the first? No, not the first Tomb Raider, but Speed, Speed Two, and Twister, and those. I don't know about Speed Two, but Speed at least is a pretty rocking movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, yeah, I don't. I think we're we're gonna get into right like what things that kind of hold back the movie, and I don't think it's him. Uh, and it's kind of sad that this, like, kind of. I this seems like maybe it ended. His directing, he uh, I don't know. He he directed a guilty pleasure of mine actually, The Haunting, which is uh, which is a cool movie. Okay, I, I've I, never seen that. Uh, Owen Wilson, Catherine Zeta Jones. Um, it's a, it's like the House on Haunting Hill. Basically, it was like cheesy, but I remember watching it as a kid and being like, oh, this is so cool. But so uh, Jean Dumont apparently hated working on this movie, and he has like a, a pretty rocking quote here. So he says. It was not such a great experience, but more from the reason how the studio tried to really interfere with it in a way. And the thing itself is that the makers of the game were also involved, and they never told me that, hey, uh, also they have a say in the story. Suddenly, there were all these changes that have taken place, and who has to be what, and what cast, and suddenly it became such a big scene, and everything was a big deal. So, kind of the story that we've heard before, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, if it were. Um, yeah, that's that's something I was thinking. It, it felt like there was something holding this movie back a little bit. Well, because there there are aspects of it that are like, um, like from just from like a craft or whatever. It seemed like that seemed like weirdly done or whatever. Um, but I don't I don't know. Maybe there was just like a lot of meddling in the movie or something. I I mean I could see that because like I was saying earlier, like I don't think there was anything inherently wrong with the direction of this movie, but it also does kind of feel like one of those movies where like. It's like a star vehicle, right? Like you have your big star and like the director is certainly expendable in a sense. Like that director is just there to shoot the movie, right? Like he, he doesn't, mm-hmm. it's almost like Mar maybe not like Marvel. Cause I think even the directors there have a little bit more sway or maybe they don't, I don't know, but it's just like, all right, shoot the movie. We don't need like that much of an artistic slant on it. Just like mm-hmm. make the movie competently. But this is like the Angelina Jolie show, right? So I, I think that that yeah. probably is what this was. Yeah, well, if to me, I felt like I I sort of felt like they might have hired like because they thought like we need um some we need like to give it to some people who could make a cool movie because uh it was also written by 
uh, Stephen A. D'Souza, I think is his name, who he he wrote Street Fighter, actually, but he also wrote like Die Hard and like a lot of like cool action movies like that. So I thought like that combination of like screenwriter and director was like we're we're shelling out to do some like a cool action movie, you know, and I, I guess they succeeded, you know, but I yeah, I don't know. It it did it did fall short of like you know being mm-hmm. like one of the like a like a blow your mind type action movie you know it was more like oh this is this is fun if not a little forgettable I guess yeah it was very competent I think um, yeah so he had another quote as well uh, about Angelina Jolie and he said I kind of I kind of like working with her she's a character but I thought she was a very interesting character to work with. She's definitely very opinionated, but not in a negative way, I feel. She was difficult to work with, but for me, it was probably not a problem. I didn't really see anything negative at the time, and I ended up really liking her very much so. I don't know what the hell this guy's trying to say here. It kind of sounds like he doesn't like her, does like her. I don't know. He's Dutch, so. Yeah. He's just weird. I think, yeah, I think he's saying that, like, maybe she was kind of difficult to work with, but... um, Maybe demanding, but... uh, Maybe it's like, I don't know, maybe he felt like she had at least some sort of like, uh, I don't know, I could see how that could be good to work with if it's like someone who has like, I don't know, maybe a vision or something like, or like a, you know, they actually care, Mm -hmm. you know, or I, I I feel like you would say that about someone like that and not like they were hard to work with because they were like rude or something. I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like you can be difficult to work with and that you're demanding, but it's not necessarily like the worst thing to be demanding. But, you know, just because if, yeah. you, if you want the best thing, then, you know, I I would say that it's definitely not a bad thing to be demanding. But, yeah, I thought it was a, a funny quote. Um, do, yeah, yeah. Do you remember in the last Tomb Raider, all the controversy around Angelina, Angelina Jolie's bust size? Um, you brought it all flooding back to me now. <laughs> so when I was <laughs> now I'm thinking about when it. When I was Googling this movie, I checked out the trivia on IMDB. What do you think the the very first thing that was that popped up in this movie was? It was of course about Angelina Jolie's bust again. And I had forgotten sure. about this as well. And this was thing number one, and I was like, oh my god. So for the last movie, when all the fanboys were freaking out that, like, her boobs weren't big enough and she had to wear these, like, ridiculous padding in this movie, uh, they ditched that for this movie just because I feel like someone must have been like, this is insane. Like, you've got Angelina Jolie, one of the hottest stars on the planet. Like, she doesn't need, you know. <laughs> right. That's weird. Yeah. So that, that thankfully, was was dropped. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I just, I kind of They did have a very... Uh... They had a very classic, like, early 2000s, late 90s, even, like, sexy outfit where it's, like, that's just, like, that jumpsuit. Oh, my that's God. Like, they also have, uh, it makes me think of uh, Seven of Nine in Star Trek Voyager. They they also gave her something like that, and it's clearly, like, okay, this isn't, like, <laughs> this. you're not thinking of this as, like, the uniform, are you? Oh, like I just even going back, I forgot about our conversation from the first Tomb Raider. But even going back, I I was just like, who is complaining about Angelina Jolie? Like, what is like, what's the matter with you? Like, yeah, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> so a couple other quick things here that I thought were funny. Uh, this film was banned in China 
because it damaged China's reputation by giving the impression of a country in chaos with no government overrun by secret societies. How about that? Yeah, they were smart. Ban this weird, uh, this <laughs> Dutch and American Western propaganda. No, no I, kidding. I support that. Um, and, and also, <laughs> a couple more uh, video game movie callbacks here. After this film, Paramount Pictures would not make another video game movie based... Wait, I fucked that up. They would not make another video game movie until Sonic the Hedgehog, 17 years later. How about that? The last movie that I saw before the pandemic started for this show. That Wait, who was it that was making it? Uh, Paramount Pictures. Paramount. Yes. Okay. I, I was in my mind. I was thinking, wait, they made another Tomb Raider. But uh, okay. Who? That, that's that's cool. You know what? Who made the new Tomb Raider? I actually have no idea. Oh, I don't know. Pro- uh, probably doesn't matter. Um, also, yeah. so when I was going through the uh, the stars in this movie, one name stuck out to me, and I was like, I know this name from somewhere. And sure enough, our boy Till Schweiger is here in mm. this movie, and he is a virtual theater alumni, of course. Yeah. The leading man in Far Cry. Who could forget yeah, that cool. performance? Yeah, it, unfortunate movie, but I I do like him. He's he's kind of a cool dude. Uh, you know what? I thought that he was uh he was pretty good in this movie for what he was uh for what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the highlight. Like I, yeah, he wasn't like my favorite part of it, but it's really all about Angelina and and a little bit of Gerard Butler. Oh yeah. Um. All right. Well, we get uh we get this movie started here in the right way. Some kind of wedding is like this big DJ. He's doing his thing. <laughs> There's like this avalanche <laughs> this of weird, rocks. Actually. Yeah, it was so weird. There's like this avalanche of rocks, and then it pans into the water, and then like there's the logo, and it's like boom. It's <laughs> like the okay, logo, the logo is sweet, but it felt like it was so fast. I was like, I thought it was gonna be like a big scene or something, but it, instead it was like it was so quick. It was like the opening to like a CSI episode, you know. It was it was awesome. I was just like, "What the fuck? Like, whose wedding is this? <laughs> Crank up that music!" Yeah, it was great. I th- I thought it was strange. I th- just the other thing I thought was like, I thought they would just start off with like Angelina doing something cool. Yeah, <laughs> and so it threw me off a little bit. Well, I expected her, and and they they kind of do like they do that after this scene. But it's right. just like it's very quick too. Yeah. I think that's why they're like, "Fuck, this is not interesting." <laughs> <laughs> we just got to have the story set up. Well, like, whose wedding is it? Like, why did the rock start? Maybe I just wasn't. No, <laughs> I thought that would be important, and it wasn't. No, it's just like all right, which is fine. I I think that was just me expecting there to be some connection when there wasn't. Uh, Maybe there doesn't have to be. So we got Angelina riding a ski dude. Jesus Christ, Angelina Jolie is <laughs> sexy. Doesn't... Oh my god. Oh no, Andy's down bad. Oh dude, I mean, I mean <laughs> if you're watching this movie with Angelina Jolie and Gerard Butler and you do not want to go do the bad dance, like you need to check your pulse. Like, come on! <laughs> I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's in question. I don't think it's a real problem. I think the world has moved beyond that, you know? Ugh. Like, th- those guys probably ended up loving it anyway. I'm sure that they did. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, Angelina <laughs> Jolie just looks like like a million. Not even a million bucks. She looks she looks like she, 10 million bucks. She looks awesome. She's hot. She's, she's hot. flipping this jet ski. 
Oh, like, dude. It's pretty sweet. She says this, like, a couple times, but, like, the the way that Angelina Jolie talks is, like, she's got that, that sex guy, like, hello, boys. It's it's so good. So good. <laughs> oh, I, that was a good impression. So good. <laughs> so, yeah. Angelina Jolie fucking roll tide. And uh, that's... This is uh, setting the stage for this movie. We we find out that the tomb that is to be raided is the uh, the lunar temple where Alexander the Great stored all of his secret treasures. Oh yeah, and this is located under sea. So uh, yeah, there we go. We got a bunch of people trying to get to this temple to get the treasures. We're, ra- we're raiding a tomb. That's yeah, that's which right. is actually kind of. I mean, they end up doing that in the other movie, but um, this felt like it did it more because i feel like in the other movie it started with like the fake holodeck robot fight or whatever which that was pretty sick actually though it actually that was cooler i think than a lot of stuff in this movie but it was cool to be like we're tomb raiding yes this is some it's like cool because it fuses like it gives you a little bit of that like indiana jones vibe but it's also a bond movie like that's that's actually a great idea like that's that's how they should do another Tomb Raider. Actually, I don't think the new one was going for that, but that's like a interesting vibe. Maybe I guess maybe that's what Uncharted will be, but probably not. I remember uh, in the new Tomb Raider games, like the games themselves, not the movie. Um, there's there's like a it's like a side mission. Do, do you remember playing like Assassin's Creed and you could do those like optional like like missions or whatever? We'd have to parkour up the wall and like do all this crazy stuff to get something. There was temple. Yeah, yeah. There was like tombs and stuff like that in in the games, which were pretty sweet. But yeah, they should they should like do more actual tomb raiding in these movies. I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it, and, and they got to go back to the uh, Laura Croft being like the female James Bond. Oh that's yeah, sick. totally. Um. All right. So Laura and these two guys uh dive underwater, but and they they get to this temple. By the way. Laura has this awesome line because these dudes who obviously want to bang Laura Croft are just like, what do you say to two handsome Greek guys? And she's like, let me know when you find him or something like that, which is classic. Oh, yeah. Good, she good she burned them. Yeah. These guys, they're so set up to die. Like, they, oh, yeah, they they suck. Their uncle or whatever, the shirtless hairy guy. He's awesome. But these two guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> Like not even in an entertaining <laughs> way. They they have they have go home heat for me. I was like, let's kill let's kill these dudes. I, you know what? I thought they were okay because, <laughs> well, I mean, like they're obviously there to to die. Like the second that you see them, it's just like, oh, these motherfuckers well, are getting killed. Yeah, because if they were like, if they were like more important characters, they would be more interesting guys playing them. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so true. You immediately know. Um. By the way, when they were diving down. There was like that shark swimming around. It gave me like very, oh, yeah. very much Phantom Menace vibes. The the going down. Oh, and we'll talk about it going up after in a second here. But like, yeah, that was oh that was shit. Cool. But so they get I to just the, remembered. Oh okay, my yeah, god, go this this scene. Okay, so long story short, this temple is like destroyed, and Laura is trying to get this orb, but uh, she's ambushed by another team. These two dudes that she's with are killed. They they steal the orb and the temple starts to go uh, destroying itself. And so Laura gets into the water. Okay, she's in the water. She's like a, she's like a mile underwater. She's just sitting there. This fucking shark swims up to her. Laura Croft <laughs> is looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. The shark goes to lunge. 
pow, right in the fucking face. Laura Croft punches this shark in the face, mounts this shark, and rides back up to the surface. Yes, and the okay. First thing you gotta understand about this is it's premeditated. <laughs> she, this was her plan. And that they had to establish that the shark was there before, because before she gets in the water, she like I think she cut herself a little bit to make herself bleed. Wow! And I think that was to attract the shark. And then she knows if you punch a shark in the face, because they say that like there's something that's like oh if you hit a shark in the nose it'll like leave you alone. I've heard that before. I don't know, but she in in this world. She punches the shark in the face and it takes her up. It like takes her to the surface. So she planned to do this. This is awesome. This is so good. It, it rocked. I mean, the the tomb raiding scene itself, it was okay. It had some like mystical stuff, but I, I really, would say it was it was okay at best. It, yeah. yeah. It was a little lacking, but it all comes around when she punches that shark like that. Dude. That was that saved the whole scene, I think. Dude, this fucking shark punch. I was cheering. I was like, yes. And I was thinking to myself the logistics of this. And I was like, all right, how can you underwater get enough force behind your punch to like feasibly hit that shark in the nose as hard as you need to? Maybe it just needs a little like bop. Dude, if you now if you're in a video game. You could do that, for sure. You'd need, like, Samus's gravity suit or something to fucking punch that <laughs> guy in the face. This is right. so good. It was so good. And then she gets to the surface, and she's, like, in the middle of the ocean. There's nobody around. Um, and I think that they also killed the old shirtless guy, by the way. But, uh... Yes, they did. Which is sad. Rip. But then, I was like, what the hell is going on? And, and a freaking submarine just pops up from under her. I was like, that right. was awesome too. Cool. That was awesome because they had this kind of like, uh, either like CG or like painted background, and it looked like it looked like the cover of like a like a weird like genre novel or something <laughs> like either like a sci-fi or romance novel. Um, <laughs> I thought it was sweet. I, that was when I was like, like there were. That's when I like had to be like. Who made this? Like, there's they're doing some like really fun like goofy stuff, you know, and that's that's when I end up looking up who it was. Yeah, I I would say that uh, aside from the lackluster tomb raiding, I was like very much into this opening. Uh, there's just tons of goofy stuff going on. I was I was liking it a lot. I, I actually I even liked um uh, I even liked the, so they introduced the villain of this movie, and his name is Jonathan Reese. And he's like, mm. he's every rich white guy that you've ever seen. And mm. this guy is weaponizing like Ebola. And uh, he also has the cure, which he's selling to people as well. So he's he's making them sick and then selling yeah. them the cure, which is a classic uh, villain thing to do. Um, he's like a pretty classic like uh, Bond yeah. type villain. And I was thinking to myself, so he wants to make this new bioweapon. Where there's like no cure and stuff like that. And I was just like, man, this is like strangely topical right now. <laughs> you know, like, well, that's that's a that's always in like that. That's like every other or every third like type of movie like this is like the, 
you know, the terrorist villain who wants to, like, poison the world or whatever. I just, uh, the way that he was, I mean, he was talking about, like, vaccines and stuff like that. And, uh, like, in, in Canada, we have this, we have this, like, trucker thing going on where a bunch of these unvaccinated truck drivers are driving across the country acting like a bunch of assholes and, like... I Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Which is, like, a, a stain on our country, but that's neither here nor there. But I was just like, yeah, this this dude, like, kind of wanting to release a virus and then sell the, you know, sell the vaccine or maybe there is no vaccine. I was like, Oof, this is like, you know, this this could be a, a Bond villain, like, in 2022. He, you know, he fits in. Uh, yeah. I And this, uh, what's that actor's name? I can't remember the actor. Uh, his his name, I'm going to butcher, him? I'm going to butcher this, but I'll try. Uh, Ciaran Hines. Okay, yeah, he, um, I ended up looking him up because his voice sounded familiar, uh, and then I realized he saw, he was, um, Steppenwolf in, uh, the Justice League movie, and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in, I, I looked him up too, because I was like, I, I know this dude, he's been in a bunch of stuff, and, um, I looked him up, and he's been in, uh, he was in the Harry Potter movies, he's in, um... Uh, there will be blood, which is uh, which is a cool movie. He's um, he's been in kind of like a, a lot of different shows over over the years. One thing about this guy, he's also in Hitman Agent Forty Seven, by the way. Um, oh, one no thing kidding. about this guy is I feel like he looks like he always has to take a shit, like always. What? This dude's face okay. is is always kind of scrunched up and like it's like he's got a he's he looks like he kind of has to go to the bathroom all the time. God. No, you don't think so? I'm telling you, man. You think he looks okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he he I mean, he has like um a menacing uh Yeah. What do you call it? Yeah, he's definitely got a menacing face, but uh maybe he's got maybe he's got Hitman face. I don't know. He was in both Hitman movies actually, by the way. I'm just looking this up right now. So he was he was oh. in the first Hitman and he's in the second Hitman. Um, and he was in Road to Perdition, and that's probably where I know him from because he was. Uh, that was wow. a cool movie. Sick actor, very good actor. So, uh, so Laura was obviously pretty PO'd that her friends got killed, and uh, then these MI6 agents show up, and they're just like, "Listen, this uh, this Reese guy is behind everything, and uh, we need you to stop him." And Laura's like, "I know what he wants. This orb is a map, in fact, that uh, that leads to." The Cradle of Life, and within the Cradle of Life is Pandora's box, and within Pandora's box is disease and death and all that good stuff. And so she deduces that Reese's plan is to find Pandora's box and unleash whatever is inside, and uh, yeah, probably sell the probably sell the vaccine for a very high price. <laughs> so uh, that's her mission. She's got to find. The orb, which leads her to the cradle of life, which leads her to Pandora's box. So we've got like a ton of MacGuffins here, but I I feel like it was yeah. all easy enough to follow and to understand. So I was I was down with it. I I liked um I don't know I liked the characterization of like she she didn't like really want to work with them, but she you know she wanted to mm-hmm. get them back or whatever uh, and save you know save them. So I kind of like that that it was like. There was some tension there, and it was cool. We got the her tech guy and the butler back, and so it was cool. It was cool, like uh, 
I like the whole setup here. It was, it was actually, I thought there was going to be more like twists and turns, and there really wasn't, but I kind of liked it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like it was very like digestible. Um, a lot, a lot of times, I feel like some movies can get a little bit too cute with what they want to do. Where like this movie was was the opposite. It was it's very plain. Like we need to find the orb, which takes us to the cradle of life, which is where we need to go. And there really wasn't any divergences from that path. And like it was just the, yeah. the journey of that, which was which is fine. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of cool to like, because, uh, you know, I was just sort of expecting there to be like, oh, you thought this, but this, and it's like, no, they're, they're, yeah, they're not shooting for that even, and I think that was probably a smart move for this kind of movie. Yeah, I, I think in like a, another kind of movie, I, I would have hoped for maybe something kind of like what you're saying, but, you know, and I mean, for what this is, which is like a movie that you know, we just want to see Angelina Jolie do cool stuff. Like, I, whatever, that's fine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep it simple. That's that's good sometimes. Uh, so Laura is like, I need some help. And I ain't taking no help from MI6. Give me Terry Sheridan, a.k.a. Gerard Butler, a.k.a. her ex-boyfriend who was in prison for betraying his men and betraying his country and betraying Laura. So, uh, yeah, yeah, this was when I I was starting to feel like right before this scene, I was feeling, where's Gerard? I need to see him. And then when she's like, I got to get someone out to help me. I was like, I know who it is. I felt smart. I remember so excited (laughs) when I was when I was a lad back in 2003. I think I saw this movie when it came out. I was obviously a teenager and like totally into Angelina Jolie. So I'm sure I saw this movie when it came out. (laughs) And I remember seeing Gerard Butler and this dude is doing push-ups on the ceiling and I was like holy fuck this is this is a man like this is like this guy is cool <laughs> like wow and like this was before Leonidas and all that and like I was I was just like mm. holy cow this guy rocks this that's what they were casting for though yeah they're like Leonidas Zack Snyder was like Leonidas has to be like a this is a man <laughs> kind of guy this this he guy did well he picked right this guy rocks i i think terry was great because he's like he's very charming but like in a disingenuous way like he keeps on asking laura throughout the movie like what did i mean to you and you 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 could tell he's just kind of doing it to like get a kind of advantage over her and he's not he's not really like uh i don't know he, he's disingenuous when he does it he's a little slimy yeah yeah he's like slimy but he's also like the charming lead, uh, and I think that's that's a that's a tough line to walk, and I think he did it. I think he brought. I think that he did to too. Character, because there there are moments. Well, I mean, I'm jumping way ahead here, but there are moments where it looks like he like is is finally turning a corner, and in the end, he stays true to the character that everybody warns you about. And like, I I thought that he did a good job with that. I also thought that him and Angelina Jolie had like good chemistry. I think they have much better chemistry than her and Daniel Craig did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that that ending was tight. I thought, but maybe I don't want to jump too far ahead. Um, yeah, that we'll we'll get there. We we still, we got a <laughs> lot of side quests to to get through before we get there, including yeah, for sure, including. So Laura's like, all right, buddy, I'll break you. I'll get you out of jail if you take me to. So this this gang out of China is the one that stole the orb, 
And apparently Gerard knows the China uh, gang quite well. So she she's like, take me to this gang and I'll get you out of prison. So they go to China. They're like racing motorcycles or riding on the Great Wall of China. Oh, they're riding on the Great Wall of China. (laughs) She just like jumps off of it or something. At this point, I was just like, okay, I just want to see like this movie is all about just like letting them do cool shit. Like, I mean, there's at least three skydives in this movie. Like, I was like, <laughs> okay, awesome, cool. Um, I one thing I thought was funny right before that is like, I, I know she she brought him because like he had a special like connection to the group or something, right? Um, but it's just funny because they they're like going to where they need to go, and he's like trying to like also be like. I'm the person guiding or whatever. And she's like, Oh no, I know this person. (laughs) And, uh, she's got my guns ready for me. And it's like this amazing display. I just like it. How he he was not very useful (laughs) at all. Like, no, not really already. (laughs) And, and they they get captured like instantly. So yeah, he didn't do anything. I think he said for him, I think he said, you have to do that. Like, that's the only way to get close to them. He said, uh, but I don't know. I do. You, you totally are right. I think it's so funny how, like, no matter where in the world Laura Croft goes, she knows somebody. And it's just like, oh, my God, Laura. And, like, it's it reminds me of John Wick. You know what I mean? Like, he's just like in the taxi cab and he and it's just like he hails a random taxi. But then, like, he gives them the money and they're like, yes, Mr. Wick, <laughs> or whatever, you know, like. Everyone knows Laura Croft. BC and you, Laura. <laughs> I would, I would pop if they if they said that in these movies. Oh my god! I yeah, it's it's pretty close to that. Uh, so so yeah, so Terry, uh, takes them to uh to the headquarters of this Chinese gang, and uh, he's like, the only way to get inside is to get captured, and it looks like it looks like Laura's about to like shoot him in the head right before this too. <laughs> yeah like With damn shadowing um so yeah they get captured and then uh and then they they kind of break out so the leader of this gang kind of seems like a reasonable dude and laura is telling him like what like what we the audience all know so the leader of this gang has the orb and he's made a deal with reese and laura's like he's gonna kill you the second that you give him the orb which is exactly what i said and i thought that he was about to make a deal with laura but he doesn't. Instead, they yeah, just kind of have a yeah. fight. That feels like a moment of, like, something interesting might happen there. But, yeah, no, it was like, let's just get to the fight scene. Uh, which was kind of like an average fight scene at best, I think. It was it was just okay. Yeah, it wasn't... Yeah, I, I it's kind of forgettable, actually. I don't really... It's not one of the, like, more standout parts of the movie for me. Not really. And, frankly... um, Every fight scene is kind of like that. Uh, the one the one later in the movie is a little bit better, but like compared to like the robot fight from the first one or like remember the yeah. fight in in the mansion where she's on like the uh the the spring thing or like the rope thing or whatever, like the gimmick yeah, that she has. Right. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, there was Honestly, I th- I actually think the f- the fight scenes were like kind of fun to watch. Um but uh, I think it's just like they didn't have like those memorable kind of gimmicks that were kind of fun in the last movie. So they, they just don't stand out as much, I guess. It, it feels like there just needed to be maybe a set piece that wasn't there in this movie. 
Or like well, there was I thought it was cool like when they're like smashing up the the warrior the terracotta warriors, like that was kind of fun. Didn't that happen at this part? Yeah, yeah, that was this part. I just I feel like it was just kinda like I don't know. It was okay. Yeah. And they, they did I will say though, uh, because then like we go to another like place and it does feel like the next part does have I think some cool moments action wise, but it also is like it does have that like bond feel that the last one did too, where it's like, oh, it's like we're going all over the planet. You know what I mean? I guess it's like we're going from China to China, but we were mm-hmm. in Greece earlier, you know. So I I do like that. It's like well, even very the distinct location. Yeah, the two parts of China they go to feel very different because one of the it's like the back country or whatever, and like the other it looks like it look. look Hong Kong or something like that, or like Beijing, or like yeah, it looks, they were, looks very cool. They were in Hong Kong, yeah, and they, yeah, and they they tried to do some, uh, yeah, they tried to do some like more classic, like I don't I don't want to say Hong Kong action, but you know there there are some memorable things in those later scenes. Like I feel like I've seen the sliding down the like big big light sign, like yeah. in multiple movies. You know that's 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 always a classic move. Um, so Laura and Terry do not get the orb in this scene, but they do escape. So there's that. (laughs) There was one memorable thing from the scene that I, I just recalled that, uh, is a little silly, but where she fights with like the gun with the bayonet on it. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And she does like the little poses (laughs) that, that like <laughs> at the time I was watching it, I was like, "What the fuck?" But now that I think back at it, I like kind of love it. Like they also had like um, the the drums in the background too, like the yeah, like the marching <laughs> drums. Yeah, and it it sort of made me think about how we we talk about like movie. Like this is a good example of like I like when a movie is silly, um, and it's sort of it is meant to be funny, but it's also like tonally weird. But, like, I don't need the movie to be, like, to tell me it's silly, other than, like, just doing the silly thing. I was like, this this feels really weird in this movie, but I, I just kind of liked it for being, like, goofy, I guess. Well, I, it definitely was goofy. <laughs> I was just like, okay, you know, this is fine. <laughs> She's doing a little marching <laughs> yeah. routine. I was yeah. like, you, you do you. But, yeah, like, I just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like, so this kind of bleeds into the next thing going on here. Where they uh, they get they go to, to Hong Kong and they and they bust up the exchange with the the leader of the uh, of the gang who has the orb and like he instantly is shot by Reese when he gives him the orb so like it was the most obvious betrayal ever and then right. there's like kind yeah. of a fight scene but kind of not again and like Laura plants a tracking device on Reese's helicopter but like I feel like the fight scenes in this were like just kind of bite size like I I I wasn't full. My tummy was growling the, after, the, you know? They were, there was a lot of, like, there was not, like, any extensive ones. Like, kind of like even that opening, I thought that would be, like, a big fight, and it wasn't, or, like, yeah. before she did the shark punch, they have a little altercation, but it it doesn't feel like the main <laughs> thrust was, like, towards <laughs> a fight action scene. What are you left? Fucking shark punch. <laughs> yeah. Shark punch. Oh, God. Um, and so it it feels, but I feel like there was a couple of moments, like there's a couple of cool stunts, you know, like yeah, with the sign, there's some fun stuff. There are like weird slow mo parts that are kind of weird, um, 
but they they're a little charming too again because they're a little cheesy but um there's i i will say they're like i said not it's it's not these long memorable like epic fight scenes or whatever but there are there are some like cool stunts within and they happen so frequently even if they are bite-sized that it's like it's still pretty engaging yeah, I think that that's fair. There's, yeah, there's there's a bunch of them, but they're smaller. But like there there are probably more because really from the first movie, I can only think of three big set like fight scenes, like the the rope fight, the robot fight, and the, the one when they're in the cradle where all those things come to life. I'm like this one has a bunch of little ones, like we the the opening one, the the one that she just had in the the back country there this it's not a fight scene necessarily but like there's people shooting at them in hong kong and then they go into the cradle of life and then there's also the the mall so like the, there are a lot of different scenes in here but there's none of them are as extensive i feel like yeah there's some wild stuff that happens later that yeah is just so like wild that uh, I sort of didn't expect it, I guess. Me, me neither. Let's talk about that when we get there. But I, I agree. Yeah. It was like a very tonal shift. Um, but so they follow Reese to his secret lab, which is like in a fucking shopping mall, by the way. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's in like a yeah. mall, <laughs> which, which also, also, this mall is in like a skyscraper. What? Sure. Yeah, that, that's pretty tight. I will say, so we got this scene going on where, like, Laura does get the orb. So she finds out the, she gets, like, the images from the orb or something like that, and she sends it back to her buds. Um, but there, there was, like, kind of a fight scene, but it was, like, kind of a stealthy fight scene. But then there's a shootout between her and Till Schweiger. Dude, yeah. I, I thought that the music during this was so good. It was it was just, like, bopping. It, it was, sounded so cool. It was, like, uh, it was, like, perfect dark music. It was It was sweet. There, that might have been the crystal method. Like the sound, yeah, I, yeah, I can totally of, see that. Yeah, yeah, th- they were on the soundtrack, and there was some other stuff. Like this movie had a pretty. We talked about, it, I think, with the last one too. It has a very like of the time, like mix of electronic and new metal, and uh, it it rocks. I love the soundtrack of this movie. I would love to to find out what that song was. I might have to go back and like see if Shazam works while I'm. Uh... While I'm watching it, because yeah, that was a sick, and there wasn't any vocals. It was just like the music, but I was like, "Damn, this is like this is sweet." It might have just been too like uh, or- the original. Maybe like, there could have been some original songs too, because I could I did. could see Crystal Method though. That sounded like something that they would uh, they would produce. Yeah, actually, I think um, for for some of the score too, I want to point out since this is a good time. I think it was. Uh, Alan Silvestri, who did it, who also composed the, you know, famous Mario Scoot. Wow. That's, uh, <laughs> Amongst other... Yeah, that's Pandora's a, that's a living legend the right there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Never mind, uh, you know, Back to the Future or whatever. <laughs> Crap, he's done Avengers. No, it's no. Mario Scoot, baby. Yeah, that's number one, and everything else is a distant second. Uh, no, this, this piece in Cradle of Life is number two, and everything mm. else is distant three. But that but great, people, great analysis, Gooey. By the way, that's, that's good thank stuff. You. That's good stuff. People gotta gotta check out the soundtrack. Pod, saliva. Uh, it's cool. Corn. Uh, yeah, nothing, nothing but uh, but bangers, and integrated very well into this movie. By the way, so oh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, this is a pretty like a fun little little scene here. I thought that the setting in the laboratory was cool, like very very Paul, very Resident Evil esque. I felt yeah, like it did, yeah, it did get kind of Resident Evil-y for sure. Got the cool music going on. So one thing I did like, okay, is that um, when they when they get Laura, Reese is explaining his master plan, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill the world with my my virus that I'm gonna get from Pandora's box," and then he's just like. Shoot Laura in between the eyes so there's no mistakes. And I was like, you know what? We need more villains like this that just like they just want to make sure that the that the hero is eliminated, even though it doesn't pan out. You know, I was just I appreciated him for for just saying that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, but it never it never works though. Even when they are like that, it it just can't happen. But it, at least the intention was there, and he kind of he kind of goofs on this later because he has another opportunity to do this to Laura, but instead he's just like, oh, work with me, and it backfires. But this first time, my man was like, no, let's just get rid of her because she's trouble. So, appreciate that in a villain. Yeah. All right, here we go. Good villain. (laughs) So, Terry rescues Laura from getting shot in between the eyes from our buddy Reese, and then they go up to the roof. Oh, they put yeah. on the uh, the the little Spider Man suit or whatever, and they jump off the building and Fuck just yeah. like are. Would you call you? I don't think you'd call us paragliding. What are those things? They're like the things you like wear them right, and you put your arms out. They have like I the little fins or whatever underneath your armpits. It's called something like that. Yeah, I would just well, shit myself if I was. Oh no! No! No, no way! <laughs> No way. So a few things I I will say is one, when they escaped, it was cool because she got those big guns and you had the thing where she loads them and she's dual wielding like classic video game Laura Croft style. So again, not it's it's not a whole fight scene, though, but some cool just some cool sick shots in there. Got to give it credit for that. But then two, the the skydiving part or whatever you want to call it. another that is a cool stunt at least and it it really happened and that's also makes it cool but what's funny about it is like i feel like they're like we gotta we gotta get our money's worth on this one because they show them like floating in the air for so long it feels like (laughs) and they never get any like nothing happens with it they're just showing them like floating around and like it's a static shot and it's so awesome like I don't know. It feels like that thing where they're like, "Yeah, you have you're gonna fucking watch this shit we did. <laughs> don't look away." Oh man, this this was a cool scene. But and then the thing that stuck out to me. So uh, Terry's like, "All right, we got to go like three miles to get to our rendezvous point." And Laura's like, "Well, no one's ever made it farther than one mile." And so they they're flying for like forever. And then their parachutes come out, and these guys land just smooth as could humanly be. It's just like, they perfectly land. It's like, no problem at all. And I was like, okay, cool. Good for you guys. You just set, like, a world record. Well, yeah, apparently this shit is easy, because, like, I, doesn't she she parachutes into a fucking moving vehicle? That That's her next <laughs> leap. So, okay, so they deduce, they deduce. I, actually, hold on. I, I shouldn't skip over this next part. But yeah, she this her third parachute of the movie is into a moving vehicle, which there's zero reason for her to be parachuting and zero explanation as to why she is parachuting, but she just is. 
which is I'm okay with because it's tight. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's sweet. All right, so here we finally go. We've been we've been looking at Angelina Jolie being sexy this whole movie. We've been looking at hunky Gerard Butler, and it seems like these two are finally about to start getting busy because they are on a boat and they're they're going at it, and then. Laura handcuffs Gerald Butler oh, to the bed. Him. And then with that line, the probably line of the movie is like, not what I had in mind, but okay. <laughs> Which yeah, is so yeah. good. I, ex- I expected that, but it's, oh, man. it's pretty good. And then Angelina <laughs> leaves him because she's worried that uh, Terry's going to steal the orb and betray her. And she's like, I could kill you. That's why we need to leave. But uh, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no bad dance scene here. God damn. No. no. It, it felt like this is this is what we paid to see. Come on. I know, right? <laughs> this, is, this is bullshit. We we got that one in Blood Rain. Like, why couldn't you give us this? <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. Sec- what an awkward sex Slamming scene. Slamming the door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a what a More moment. movies need to at least attempt <laughs> The sex scene, even if it's awkward, you gotta try. Yeah. Oh, they, they these guys could have pulled it off, like, no problem. Oh my god. I'm gonna start becoming, because we've talked about actors being sexless, you know? And, like, <laughs> there are a lot of people who are like, ugh, I hate it when there are sex scenes in movies. I'm gonna become someone, and this might be weird, but I'm gonna become someone who's mad if a movie doesn't have a sex scene. I, you know, I saw somebody, I bet you that I saw you share this because I, I feel like most of the stuff I see about movies that I see and agree with <laughs> is from stuff that you've liked. But so I saw someone and it was like an interview with the director. I can't remember who. And they're just like, well, what's the point of having a sex scene in a movie? It's like, what's the point? He, he said, like, what's the point of having any scene in a movie, motherfucker? Like, oh, that was Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. He's awesome. Yeah. Because he makes extremely horny movies. So. It makes sense. But yeah, I know, it's right. It's That's like saying, like, oh man, I don't want to go too far off, but like, sometimes when people are, I've noticed it with everything now, but I really noticed it. I mentioned it before when we saw, um, like, that Crimes of Grindelwald with my family, who are all big Harry Potter fans. Yeah. And I felt like the movie was, like, just a list of, like, people's fan wiki articles, like, giving lore, like a lore delivery service. And I think that's what people want movies to be now, or just like the equivalent of reading the plot description on Wikipedia, you know? Um, so we this is completely off topic, but well, kind of, sort of. So we were talking in the Metroid Discord earlier today, and some guy was just like, I want an explanation. So there's a thing in the Metroid games called Aeon, and it's like your magic meter, right? And that's that's what it is. It's like a magic meter. It's just called Aeon. He's like, I need to know what it is, where it came from, what it's doing. I was like, fuck, shut the fuck up. Like, who cares? Like, and then he, and then someone else is like, yeah, we need like a detailed Bible of all the lore and st-. And it's like, oh my no. God, that's like, that's like the worst thing. So quote, I would love to have a Star Wars-esque Metroid encyclopedia giving detailed lore on races, technology, planets. No. <laughs> I mean, I think it's something fun to indulge in for sure, but like I'm, not, I'm not opposed to that type of stuff. I, I'm not opposed to that as a peripheral, like yeah, thing to yeah. your movie, you know. Which, to be fair, I think that's what my pals were talking about. But I was, I was reading this and I was like, oh god, no. But there are people who do cross that line into being like the movie didn't make sense because 
they didn't don't explain this when it's like not necessary at all. Well, two two lessons: don't don't over explain things and put sex scenes in your movie, especially you when gotta you've got put the sex scenes, dude. You've got Angelina Jolie, you've got Jared oh. Butler. Like, are you kidding me? They they so made up for it in uh, three hundred though, because Gerard was like that's going true. hard in that movie. That sex scene is ridiculous. Oh man, it's awesome. Uh, you know, you know, I was just about to say another movie, which I also realize is a Zack Snyder film. But do you remember the sex scene in Watchmen where Night Owl and uh, uh, fuck, I can't believe oh, I forget yeah, her name. Yeah. Silk Spectre are banging in the owl ship. And that scene goes on for forever. <laughs> it's it goes on for like an uncomfortably long amount of time. And there's like Leonard Cohen played in the back. It's awesome. It's great. Oh, the Le- yeah, the Leonard. Yeah, we need. Yeah, we got to protect him because I don't think he's had one in a movie recently, but he's not afraid. They should have had like Superman and Wonder Woman doing something <laughs> in the Snyder Cut. I don't know. Anyways, so we got uh, we got Team Tomb Raider, uh, Laura and her two buddies. So I can't remember anything about these guys, but uh, I remember they were they're like the M and the Q to her yeah. James Bond. Um, and yeah, she they, did, they had a bigger role, I feel like, in the last movie. A much um, bigger role, yeah. Whereas if... Because I feel like the first movie is, like... As, as like, kind of dumb it is, as it is, it does feel like it tries to set them up as, like, characters or whatever. And as this, it feels... They're kind of peripheral, and it's sort of like, you know who these guys are. You know, maybe that's just how I'm recalling it. I guess I don't I, really remember much in the... Yeah, I, I don't remember them. almost anything about them. Um, I feel I feel like they get involved like in the end. Doesn't I feel like the butler does some something cool, but I could be remembering wrong, completely wrong. I, not not really. So I feel like these two guys could have been like the two geeks that were killed at the beginning to put like heat on the villain because like some people would have been invested in them and like they're really not involved in this movie at all. But uh, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. They were uh, so they were there. And uh, they they all deduce together that the Cradle of Life is, in fact, located in Africa. But the bad guys are holding these two hostage. So uh, the bad guys now also know where the Cradle of Life is, unfortunately, for Laura. And then, yeah, she parachute number three right here into the moving vehicle. Okay, yeah. This and there's do you know the trivia associated with this part of the film? Nope, I do not. Okay, so. The scene where she parachutes, this is on Wikipedia, when she parachutes into the vehicle, it's into the new 2003 Jeep Wrangler Rubicon. Oh, <laughs> um, you know what? I take that back. I, I did know this. It's It was part of their advertising campaign. And I guess they made, they did a, a, here it is, a thousand and one limited run Tomb Raider model. And they, and they sold them. Wow. Yeah, it's like super product placement. <laughs> here's a great quote. The ad campaign is more than just a product placement. The Jeep Wrangler Rubicon is the most capable Jeep ever built. <laughs> he just starts plugging it in the middle of him saying it is not product placement. Oh, my God. Um, the scene is accurate where she uses it. They want you to know it's accurate, how accurate she uses it. You know... Let me give you kind of a, a weird philosophy of mine about product placement. I I really, really hate 
product placement when it's done subtly. Um, So let me back that up. If it's done so subtly that you can't notice it, then it's fine. If it's done subtly, but you do notice it, I'm just like, ugh, this sucks. And there are times where, like, product placement is done so egregiously and so ridiculously that it's actually, like, kind of awesome in a in a weird way. Like, like I always think of, like, Death Stranding when you're drinking fucking monster energy. And that's, like, so yeah. ridiculous that I'm just like, okay. Or, I don't know, if have you ever seen iRobot with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. So there's this, like, ridiculous scene where Will Smith, is he's going, like, I've got, I because it's set in the future, and he's like, I got these vintage 2006 Reebok shoes or whatever, and, like, and like it's a running gag throughout the movie. People keep mm-hmm. saying, like, hey, nice shoes, and it's, like, so ridiculous and absurd how, like, overt this product placement is that it's, like, it's actually kind of hilarious, like, as far as product like placement the, goes. The Reeboks on the Babam or whatever. <laughs> oh. I I think I do kind of agree. I, I feel like it hits a point, though, where that has been done so much where, like, sometimes I see that now and it just, like, is annoying to me. Like, there's still some movies where it has that charm, but, like, uh, yeah, like, there's some where it's, like, like, I think that happened in Sonic the Hedgehog where they... They had all these like, oh, I got you an Olive Garden gift card or something. And it's meant to be like, we know it's it's silly product placement, but it's funny because it's Olive Garden or something. And, I, and I'm at the point now where I'm like, OK, I've seen this a million times, you know? Yeah. And, and thinking to what I just said. So I was thinking of my Death Stranding and my iRobot example. And I'm actually struggling to think of another example. So maybe it's just those two ones that I just am like so... It's just so insane that I kind of think it's funny. One that comes to mind for me that I think a lot of people hate, but I think it maybe it's it's a lot of people have said this is the first time they like really ever thought about it, which is the Taco Bell and Demolition Man. Um, but I think that's really funny because it's like it's a dystopian movie, and like one of the just random bits of lore is that. Uh, like Taco Bell basically become became like a large monopoly, and now every restaurant is Taco Bell. Wow. And I think that's that's like kind of good commentary too, in a way. And it's funny. It like it has it all, but like that joke, I think, has just been run so dry. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw I saw someone on Instagram today post a video of like someone that had. Uh, Taco Bell slash KFC slash Pizza Hut flag and was like this is my I pledge allegiance to this flag or something I, I it oh tickled my me God. I thought it was <laughs> funny um, there's there's also some like non like non subtle po- product placement that like it works like I think about like the Matrix it has like Powerade ads everywhere and it's just so like I don't know. Okay, just, I I didn't even notice that actually. Yeah, like there's I'm pretty sure there's a Powerade sign in like uh one of the scenes and there's like a it might be in in the video game actually. I think there was a Powerade vending machine and they they did like a like a commercial, you know, like a cross promotional commercial. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just like maybe that's it's a little cheesy too where it's like, "Oh, it's so random that it's Powerade," but I don't know. It's funny to me that it's Powerade. You know, I I feel like you can do product placement in a 
like decent way where like it's not it's not just like ugh. Um, a lot of movies don't do that, and a lot of shows don't do that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I I I'm actually not like inherently against that. Like if you need money for your movie and you can just I don't know like I whatever like it. I'm not inherently against it, but there is a way that you can do it well, and there's a way that you can do it like shit. And I yeah. feel like most most time it's done like shit. By yeah, God, I those feel... those kicks in in iRobot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so we're in Africa now, and what did you know? It Laura knows someone in Africa. Yes, <laughs> so sick. Um, I can uh, I can't remember this. Uh, this actor's name, and I can't believe I'm blanking on this. Uh, he's oh, been in everything. I got, I just got the pronunciation too, so we can be less embarrassing. His name's Jaimon. Who's Jaimon? Okay. He just shows up randomly at like the last third of the movie, and it's like, yeah. all right, we got this new character. Cool. Uh, he's awesome too. He's, he's pretty sick in this movie. I, he, I actually he, thought he, he died. Any movie? Yeah. I, I thought he died in the movie, and then he showed up at the end. And I was like, all right, my boy is alive. Sweet. So that's happening with that. He doesn't really have a whole lot to do, really, other than be a translator for. Uh, so, so Jaimon takes him or takes Laura to uh, to basically to see this African tribe that guards the entrance to the Cradle of Life, and these guys obviously know that they're guarding the Cradle of Life and and whatever. Um, but unfortunately, they're all ambushed by Reese's men, and uh, a lot of people die. Yeah. It's very sad. Um, and this is where Reese makes the mistake. Because he could have just ended Laura right here, right now. But instead, he's just like, I have your friends hostage. I need you to take me to the cradle of life. And I feel like at this point, this dude could have found it without Laura. Like, he could have taken any one of these tribe, like the African tribe, and be like, show me where the cradle of life is. You know? Didn't you have, didn't you have to do some, like, puzzles or something to get in? It, I don't know. I maybe, honestly maybe? don't remember. I know, I know like- that there was, like, a sound that had to be played. Right, so maybe she only knows. It's it's also one of those things where I don't know either way because I think I've mentioned this with some movies before where it's like you see something that's just happened in a lot of movies and so you just like, I feel like I just inherently knew like, oh, he needs her to get in. I didn't really care to find out why. You know, it just made sense, I guess. Yeah, I agree. This is the point of the movie where you're kind of in cruise control and it's like you're you're just getting ready for the landing. To that big that big finish. So yeah, I I'm like, okay, whatever. But like, dude, you you were almost a great villain, but you just you made the classic villain mistake. Not finishing off the hero when you could. That's gonna bite you in the butt. They always get away. Yeah. Um all right. So Laura is leading Reese and uh, and his men through this. Is like freaking scary, by the way. She's leading them through this dark yeah. passageway. And first of all, there's baboons everywhere, which looks like scary as fuck. And then there's like these tree monsters that just pop up, which is very startling because, like, to this point in the movie, it's, it's been fairly like grounded in reality. At least in the sense of, like, there's no monsters or anything. And I think that we did get monsters in the first Tomb Raider. So it's not like it's unheard of. But uh, it, it did feel a little bit, like, startling or jarring, yeah. perhaps. Yeah, I felt the same way. Where it's like, oh, I sort of remember the the magic and monsters in the first movie. But for some reason here, I think it was because it was so, like, 
it felt more like horror or invented like they were they were scary (laughs) yeah yeah, I didn't expect that. I expected it to be more like kind of magical and like mystical. Well, you you kind of got like the the gimmick too, where like you had guys getting picked off from like you just see a flash of a hand from the top of the screen, it would take them off screen or like uh, you know pull them down under or something like that. So you don't really see the monster itself very much. But yeah, this was uh these these are pretty scary dudes. So we're all we're we're almost at the landing. By the way, Laura's friends have been rescued. By the returning and triumphant Terry, a.k.a. Gerard Butler, who looks like he is uh, finally doing the right thing and ready to to be a good person. And uh, so yeah. Laura, so everybody, everyone's basically dead. And I don't know how, uh, Jesus, I'm I'm so sorry. I forget the pronunciation already. Jaimon? Oh, uh, Jaimon, uh, yes. I don't know how he slipped out of there. Because he was right in the thick of it with all those monsters last time I, I checked. I have no idea. <laughs> I forgot what he did. And I, I literally, I just watched this like like three hours ago, and I, I don't know. So Laura, <laughs> Laura also I does mean, like some things are kind of forgettable in this. It's like, oh yeah, they just kind of. She does something to like open the cradle of life. I don't know what she does. <laughs> she, <laughs> she does um, <laughs> some puzzles. <laughs> There's some puzzles in here. I, yeah, she she does something and it gets rid of the monsters and opens the cradle of life and it's like okay, and the it, so they go inside the cradle and there's only her and Reese and there's like it's like kind of weird like uh not weird gravity but like weird physics down there where like it looks like they're walking on walls or ceilings and stuff like that and like it's kind of some weird gimmickry going on here. Yeah, yeah, some cra- yeah, some crazy uh effects i don't know oh dude so there there's this one pandora's box there's this transition okay where laura is looking and uh, i think this is before they go in the cradle of life actually and she's looking and she's like figuring out how to get rid of these monsters and she like sees the orb and the orb goes into her eyeball and like that's the transition shot and i was like this looks like shit this is so bad oh yeah that was wild not good. Not good stuff. Unfortunately, it was it was it was shocking to me. I I thought it was kind of cool. Well, you know what? <laughs> if if it was like consistently wild transitions like that, then that actually would be kind of cool. But like it was just like one in the the last part of the movie, and I was I was just like, okay, it, it's because they were uh, I don't know they were building up to it. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It was it was funky monkey though. I'll I'll tell you that. Um, so we get inside the cradle here, and after a little bit of struggle, Laura knocks Reese into. So there's this like black goop around Pandora's box in the cradle of life, which is said to be Pandora's tears, by the way. So it's like black acidy Ooh, stuff. Right. <laughs> and Reese goes inside for a bath, and he is burnt alive. And he is, uh, oh, he is that destroyed. was so gnarly. That was that awesome. was pretty cool. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. See, there they there's not there's not a like portion of this movie that doesn't provide something sweet. <laughs> it's it's like it's bite size. I think that's a good descriptor for it. Is like you you've got these like small bite sized moments scattered throughout the movie. So like there is enough. It's just they're smaller in quantity. Because I can't remember how the first Tomb Raider ended on that set piece. Uh, like, Or I guess they were in that, that room with like the clock can thing spinning. But Yeah, this is, shit was like spinning around. <laughs> this was probably cooler than that, I think. 
yeah. would say. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just the part where he gets all melted and shit was pretty tight. <laughs> so here we go. The big moment comes in. And by the way, so um, Laura is able to knock Reese in there with a little bit of help from Terry, who... Uh, so the moment that you were talking about, by the way, with uh, with Laura's friends, is one of them's like, yeah, I can fly a helicopter because I, I play video games, basically. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was that was the big moment, but they they get Terry to the cradle of life. He comes in, him and him and Laura are macking down there. Looks like they're gonna live happily ever after. But then, then this guy Terry goes to get Pandora's box, and he's like, "We're gonna sell this for a fortune." And Laura's <laughs> like, "No," and he's like, "Yes," and Laura's like, "You can't," and he's like, "You're gonna have to shoot me if you want me to not take this box." And Laura's like, I can't, I won't do that. I love you. And he's like, I know you do. That's why you're not going to shoot me. And then she does shoot him. And then uh, he dies. That was so awesome. Yeah. Because I really thought, I don't know. I just really expected them to like do the whole redemption story. And and yeah, it's just like, fuck you. That was sweet. I do have to, I have to shit on one thing here though, which is one of my least favorite movie tropes and show tropes. So, like, you know when you get, like, a close-up shot of two people and there's a gunshot that happens off-screen and you're you're supposed to think that it's, like, your, your hero or whatever that got shot, but in fact, it's, like, them shooting the other person? I This is such a lame... I, I just, I, I hate seeing wow, that. Oh, really? I do. I do. I, I just... It's, like, dude, just, like, show me, like, the quick... Like, show me Laura shooting this guy or something, you know? I just, I don't like it. I just, yeah. I think it also works because it's supposed to be, like, like, you're not supposed to, like, see it coming type thing. It's supposed to be, like, shocking, you know? So, you'll be showing them, like, live reacting to it, you know? And it, I don't know, it's supposed to be startling. I I always think that's that's cool. I like that. Like, I, I actually don't. I hate that in this movie as much as I just don't really like it overall. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, I just don't like it. Like, I don't know. It doesn't work for me, you know? Because it's like, you always know. Like, obviously, like, obviously, like, you know, Laura Croft isn't going to get shot through the gut. You know? Just like, I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, but I don't know. It's, I think it's dramatic and cool. <laughs> You know what? I'm sure that there is an example out there where it, it is cool and done to cool effect, but I wasn't having it at well, this ending part. I it wasn't. Is, it's one of those things where I bet if you if you saw like the first movie that ever did that, you'd be like, "Oh shit, this is awesome!" Like that was yeah, crazy. Yeah, and you just kind of recognize it now. I get that. Yeah, but. but it's I, I don't know. It's a, some I I do fall for some of the some of those things sometimes. Like I'm I'm kind of a sucker for it. Uh well well there it is. The movie uh, is basically wrapped up after that, and uh, Gerard Butler dies in the cradle of life, and Angelina Jolie, uh, Laura Croft is like some things are not meant to be discovered, and it looks like Laura's learned a new lesson <sighs> in life. Yeah. And there we go. The movie's over. Roll the credits. By the way, so I was watching the credits. None of the goddamn oh. names are centered. None of them. No, I didn't, no. I didn't notice this. I, I was noticing that the only name that was centered was Angelina Jolie, and then everyone else was in like the bottom left or top right. And I was just, I was like, why? 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 
I don't know why this stuck out to me, but it did. But what <laughs> I was also stuck out. Jamming out. I was gonna say it's pretty There's corn. Yeah, pretty uh, uh, pretty solid ending tracks. There was yeah, there was a few in a row where I was like, oh, it was corn, and then it was pod, and but then it was like they they did a little bit of everything, like we mentioned before, like yeah, you gotta have some electronic music and you know some of this. So yeah, I was grooving. I listened to the whole credits. Wow. Um, well, yeah, that, uh, I mean, that's, that's all she wrote. This movie did about as well as you probably think it would on sites like Rotten Tomatoes. Not very well. 24%. Um, made a decent amount of money. 160 million bucks. There was talk, I guess, yeah. about doing a third one, but I, Angelina Jolie wasn't interested. And frankly, I, I don't know what else you would have done. I guess a new adventure, I mean, but... Just do a new... Yeah, just... It doesn't have to be... Sometimes it doesn't... She doesn't really have to go through too much, you know? Just give a... Give a good, um... A good caper to solve and let her go on it. I'd be down with that. Uh, they should do it now. <laughs> that That's totally something they would do now with all the ridiculous reboots and stuff. Like, I, I would, uh... I would actually be down for that. Uh, well, let me let me tell you something that I know for a fact. Angelina Jolie is still hot as fuck in twenty twenty two, so I'd be I'd be down for yeah, that. Yeah, let let's let's do it again. Um, so uh, what do you think? Is this? I I feel like this was a solid movie. I didn't like it as much as the first. Um, I could have. I think that I preferred like having the one or two or three big set pieces compared to like the the smaller but more consistent set pieces in this movie. Um, but I do mm-hmm. think that the chemistry was better with Angelina and Gerard versus Angelina and Daniel Craig. But it didn't have as good mm-hmm. of a villain, because I remember Ian Glenn was the villain in uh, in the first one. And, uh, you know, this this one was just kind of every Bond villain you've ever seen. Um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was a little... Well, I, th- I think he was... Um... That, that he was kind of cool, but I, I actually me, did too. Yeah, like just the 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 plot really wasn't, or the story with him really wasn't. Um, I don't know. It wasn't like breaking new ground for sure, but uh, he did a good job embodying that type of role. Still, yeah, solid terrorist kind of role <laughs> that I like. <laughs> Very nineties feeling, even though this is like from two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I liked it too. Uh, well, I think I I kind of went in with different expectations actually, because um, by the time we did the first one, I was already I had already started to turn around and like, oh, I think the things you hear about these movies aren't necessarily true. But I did go into that one thinking like, I, I don't know, is, will this be good? I, I probably maybe, and then watching it and being like surprised by how like how not bad it was like how it was like actually this is i would say it's so far from not bad i would say it's cool like it's in the realm of cool so i kind of went into this one with like um like high high like not like this is gonna be the best movie ever but kind of like high hopes like oh hopefully this is as fun as the last one and my determination from it was that was fun. <laughs> That's basically why I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's it's almost as good as the first one. Um, it's better in some ways, and you know, worse in others. But 
it's a pretty solid like B tier uh, action adventure movie. Yep, yep. I uh, I think that's a spot on assessment. Um, yeah, you know, it it was fun. I would give it a thumbs up. Like, I, I think that there was enough like globe trotting and cool stuff and like you know good like good actors giving good performances and like um i yeah I, I wouldn't say i loved it as much as the first but you know i i think that it uh it, it like you said there were some parts about it that were better than the first movie um in some ways yeah. so yeah it's like you, solid is is what i would say she did punch a shark that was fucking sweet that's a thumbs up like alone right there. <laughs> there's if anything, I, I've kind of I feel like I've said this about other movies before where it's like, um, well, it's it's a totally good movie to watch for sure. But um, if you're on the fence, like you could watch any I feel like any of the like action scenes that they have of it on YouTube, like they have some of those cool moments. And it's like when you look at that, like, like you said, there's not like like a longer more complex fight scene but you can look at just like the highlights and it's like oh there are a lot of like highlights and so it's worth checking out just because there are there are like some fun stunts you know and Mm -hmm. i I, that's that's kind of what i come to a lot of action movies for is like just show me uh a couple people doing some cool things right yeah especially her jumping on the signs and shit in hong kong that's that's always that's classic yeah, I think there's enough good stuff in this movie to uh, to definitely recommend it. I mean, you probably know what you're getting into if you're watching Laura Croft and the Cradle of Life. So, yeah, it was uh, it was fun. I, I do wonder, like, now that we've watched the first two Angelina movies, I would love to watch the new movie now because I remember it is tonally very different. Like, it's very like, different. It remind, I, Yeah, I remember... I, I think I said it in the beginning about the Uncharted movie, but I remember having that sort of reaction when I watched it going, oh, this is this is fine. Like, this is this was good because it was fine. It was watchable. Right. Which we said about this, but it's, it is in a different way where, like... Um, it, I wouldn't say it's as polished in a lot of ways. Like, there's... You, you would never see that stupid transition shot with the orb in a movie made in the last 10 years, right? Like, you you just wouldn't. Um, yeah, it wouldn't go with the <laughs> wackier stuff. So yeah, it's a little less, uh, yeah, it doesn't go as zany. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I mean. Like where it's like, both of these are fine, but <laughs> like the, this one, the movie we watched is like fine, but also awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's doing the flips and shit and, and that kind of stuff. The acrobatics. Like, that's what I want to see. I want to, and I, I want to see some guns shoot some signs and some sparks fly and, you know, parachuting and helicopters. And there's certainly, I remember there being like kind of the set pieces in the new one, but they're, you know, I don't know. It's the smoothed over CGI and everything kind of looks bland. You know, this, this is like I said, worth watching for some fucking cool stunts and shit. They do cool stunts. I, yeah, I I think that the, the new Tomb Raider is the most, like fascinating movie that that we have coming up maybe this year because like I yeah I I'm just so curious to see the difference now between this and I liked uh, or I shouldn't say I like I like uh, Alicia uh, Vikander a lot I think she was 
she's like a really good actress. So yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to comparing and contrasting those movies. I think it's going to be uh, fun in a lot of ways. Kind of like how we did Mortal Kombat and compared the new one with the old one. Which, by the way, they're making a sequel of that Mortal oh, Kombat yeah, movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's that's a standout news story. We we usually don't cover a lot of them because it is like they are always announcing like here's a new movie and here's a new movie. But I am I'm kind of curious about that one because the first one left me like okay I, let's get to the yeah. actual fighting tournament. I want to see the fighting. I you know I feel like now with the first Mortal Kombat now that they've like reestablished everything. Sometimes when when you have a sequel. And you don't have to spend, like, so long setting up and, like, introducing characters and stuff. You can just get to the good stuff right away. I feel like that's going to be the next Mortal Kombat movie. So I'm actually kind of, like, optimistic in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, well, we it's hope that you guys uh, liked our episode on uh, Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life. Uh, this is a good movie. It's uh, definitely worth checking out. If you haven't seen it in a while or you've never seen it, you cannot go wrong with uh, Angelina Jolie in this era. Uh, trust me. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that is it. That's all. That's the end of our Tomb Raider saga, uh, at least the Angelina Jolie ones, but uh, we'll definitely cover the new ones sometime in the future. Until then, of course, check us out over on Twitter at Virtual Theater X, at Spateri316, at Gooey Fame, and uh, wherever you get your podcasts, go and like and subscribe to Virtual Theater. And as we mentioned... Uh, head on over to, uh, to Patreon and check out our episodes on Captain N because that is uh, something else. So yeah, there we go. That was a, I feel like that was a good short plug at the end there. Yeah, nice nice job. You're a master. We, we got our stuff in and quickly, <laughs> so there we go. Uh, all right, everybody, we will see you uh, next next episode. Take care. <laughs>